They have great identity, they're national brands. You found somebody, haven't you? You wanted your force! Say it! Oklahoma State's not going to change what we do because Oklahoma chose to go to the SEC. They need to change what they do because they're the ones that made their mind up to go to the SEC. What is this? What's happening? What Robert is trying to say is that we are getting a divorce. Don't do this? No. No. I gotta say, I could have called this one. No. Yeah. Is it our fault? Is it because we were bad? Please don't cry like that. Please don't. All Oklahoma had to do was not go to the SEC. So it is what it is. And in Oklahoma's case, I think they were more of what I would call uh, the reluctant bride. Financially, it's the only responsible thing to do. Uh, bottom line, we carried the league financially. Uh, us in Texas with TV money and whatnot. We accelerated Texas and OU withdrawal, which was a win-win for all parties. It's time for one last countdown and a final ride with the Big 12. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it sucked. We kicking this on me. We kicking this thing off. Here we go, live from the Palace in Piedmont. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 Countdown, brought to you by Carter Jennings Law. Now with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Thank you, TJ. It is time for the countdown, brought to you by the Carter Jennings Law Firm. Two weeks in, 10 teams in, and the countdown hits number 15 today. And uh, got an interesting team to talk about today. But as always, we want to remind you of what we've had so far on the countdown. You ready, Draker? Yeah. All right, here we go. 25 was. First team on the countdown out of the Big 12 Conference, Texas Tech. Formidable this year. Tyler Shuck back at quarterback. Fascinating game with Oregon in week two. At 24, we went back-to-back Carolinas, starting with South. Spencer Rattler's team opens after an impressive year last year. They open with the Tar Heels in week one. At 23, speaking of, North Carolina was our 23rd-ranked team. You got a Drake May Spencer Rattler showdown in the Duke's Mayo preseason invitational bowl or whatever it's called. By the way, I went Duke's Mayo. Uh, last time we went to the grocery store, we were out of Mayo. I've never bought Duke's before, but it was there. I thought I'll give it a try. Haven't haven't tried it yet. I don't know. But isn't that interesting, Drake? Very interesting. You'll have to let me know because uh, you like to make your grilled cheese sandwiches with mayo, yeah. correct? That's yeah. exactly right. Ooh. 22? Texas A&M came in at number 22. Got to have a better offense this year 
If you're Jimbo Fisher, that's why he went and got Bobby Petrino to ride in on a motorcycle to try to save the day. 21? I believe it's pronounced Arkansas at 21. Big K.J. Jefferson will command the Razorback offense again this year at 20. Staying in the SEC at 20, Mark Stoops and Kentucky need a bounce back here. Disappointing season a year ago, and they got to replace Will Levis at quarterback. 19. The SEC train continued with Ole Miss at 19. Jackson Dart expected to be the QB. Spencer Sanders going to push him. Quinshawn Judkins, outstanding running back. Sooners will be in Oxford next year. 18. I've been working on the railroad at 18. Texas. Quinn Ewers cut his hair. Can Arch Manning push him? They get Alabama in week two. 17. The National Runners-Up came in at 17. TCU, who will be led this year by Chandler Scoop Morris at quarterback. And then uh, the last team we unveiled at 16. When we talked about them, Drake, they were in the Pac-12. Washington at 16, headed to the Big Ten now. Watch out for them. Huskies live up there. You know, behind the mountain up there in the great Pacific Northwest, nobody knows about them, nobody watches them. They got a squad now. Michael Penix Jr. can go. Watch out for Washington, which brings us to today. The number 15-ranked team in the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 College Football Countdown is... It's, it's a run of purple, Draker, in the countdown. you got to do a better job of keeping it secret tomorrow, Drake. You let the cat out of the bag earlier today, perhaps. Dropping hints. Kansas State comes in at number 15. Kansas State, Drake, the Big 12 champions last year. Did you remember that? Yes, yes, I did. Despite how could you, you forget that Big 12 well, title I, uh, game last TCU year? TCU played for the national championship. I bet if you ask the average college football fan across the country, that's true. Who won the Big 12 championship game last TCU. year? They would have said TCU. Yep. No, not Kansas so State. fast, my friend. Then they got pounded by Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. But ten wins last year. K State, one of those wins, including against Oklahoma. Boy, Chris Kleiman's a good coach, isn't he? Will Howard back at quarterback this year. We didn't think Will Howard was any good, and then he got really good. So going to be fascinating to see what he does this year because no more Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn is now carrying the Dallas Cowboys on his back, Draker. Um, boy, here's the deal about K-State on offense. Will Howard back, entire very good offensive line back. Those are great things. Returning quarterback, returning offensive line. But they got to replace 
maybe the single biggest weapon in the conference last year in Deuce Vaughn, and they really don't have much in the way of guys to throw it to either. Um, DJ Giddens probably going to carry the rock this year, although they brought in Trayshawn Ward as well at running back. Uh, wide receiver, Phillip Brooks, really the only guy back that's played much for them. So the skill positions are a question. Not that somebody won't emerge. I have full faith Chris Kleiman's going to figure it out. I'm not here to underestimate K-State. I'm done with that a long time ago. I don't know, what were they voted in the preseason poll this year, Drake? Whatever it is, it's too low. K-State will overachieve. But they do have some serious question marks because Deuce Vaughn is gone. And then on defense, defense, Felix Anyadike Uzoma and Julius Brent's gone. I mean, they had NFL talent on Kansas State last year. And they have to replace some big-time playmakers on both sides of the ball. Now, Daniel Green returned at linebacker. He's very good. Most thought he was going to the NFL. He decided to come back for a super senior season. Got a couple of guys up front, and Khalid Duke and Nate Matlack that are good players. Uh, Kobe Savage back on the back end, but he's really the only one back there that returns. So uh, solid, but Big-time difference-making playmakers that have gone on to the NFL for Kansas State, that they got to answer that question. Who's going to fill in and put touchdowns on the board this year? Who's going to upset the quarterback like Anudika Ozoma did last year? Who's going to make the big plays in the secondary like Julius Brents did last year? The schedule's reasonable. They should start 4-0. Southeast Missouri, Troy, at Missouri could be tricky, but K-State's better than them. And UCF in Manhattan. They should start 4-0. Then they have an off week, and then the real Big 12 fun begins. Home games against TCU, Houston, Baylor, and Iowa State. They should win all of those except perhaps TCU. I would favor K-State in Manhattan, but that'll be a tough game. Road games at Oklahoma State, at Texas Tech, at Texas, at Kansas. I think OSU is down this year. K-State gives them fits anyway. At Tech, at Texas, at Kansas will all be tough. Um, This is a team in contention for the Big 12. We've mentioned so far Texas Tech, Texas, and TCU. Kansas State, the fourth team on our countdown. Definitely in contention for the conference. They got a, they got some stumbling blocks in there. I think they probably lose a couple of games a, along the way. Maybe three. I'm looking at 10-2. and two, Maybe 9-3 and three for K-State. Thank God they're not on OU's schedule this year, Drake. But they'll be good. Chris Kleiman can coach. Those guys will be tough. They got an experienced quarterback. They got the entire offensive line back. I don't know the names who's going to be the new playmakers for them, and I got serious doubts they've got somebody like Deuce Vaughn on that squad. But K-State will be in the mix. Kansas State at 15, too high, too low, or just right? I think it's just right. I mean, you you mentioned all the playmakers that they had lost off of last year's team, but you do have a playmaker at quarterback that, I mean, really, if it weren't for Max Duggan, 
Will Howard might have been the story of the conference last year as far as biggest surprise uh, contributors to any team last year. Um, he was fantastic, what, the last yeah. six, seven games of the year yeah. for them. And quarterback is unquestionably the biggest, the most important thing that you can have for a team coming back. Um, Chris Kleiman is a very talented coach, and I mean – like you said, it seems like every single year, regardless of what NFL talent they might have uncovered in recruiting, because it seems like Kansas State always finds the diamonds in the rough that mm-hmm. they're able to just whittle down into a NFL-type player, they always seem to find somebody new. And I, I just feel like K-State is going to be a legitimate contender for the Big 12 again this year. And like you said... You've got faith that they'll do it again. Absolutely. And I am 100% in agreement that I am glad that OU does not travel to Manhattan this year because that is a trip that you always dread as a Sooner fan. I think think 15 just right for K-State. Kansas State at 15. Coming up top of the hour, our good buddy Stan Weber, color analyst for the Wildcats, joins us live on the show. 7.50 on a Monday morning. We'll be back. 26 days away from kickoff. T-Row in the morning show, hour three. Kansas State, the team in our spotlight today. And it is always a treat when we welcome in Stan Weber, longtime color analyst for Kansas State football and basketball. Stan, good morning, my friend. Good morning to you, Toby. How are you today, sir? Well, I'm doing very, very well, getting a chance to solidify that the talk is really turning to football. Now, I know conference realignment is out there as well, but football, conference realignment, NFL, whatever we want to go to, the summer is over. So I'm very glad to talk to you. Well, let's start with realignment. I'm just interested in knowing your thoughts on what the Big 12 has done the last few days. Well, I think they've done a great job, uh, first of all, Reportedly, their contract, the new contract that are going to be associated with in the Big 12, says if you add Power 5 teams to your conference that they'll get a full share of money and you won't have to divvy up the pie that you have together. So if each school is getting 30 to $35 million uh, on their contract as a Big 12 team, you don't have to give some of that money to the Pac-12 teams that are coming in. They actually would get a 30 to $35 million payout themselves. So ABC, ESPN, uh, Fox, whoever's providing the money on the television contract will actually divvy some more money up. Uh, so I think that's very good. I think it solidifies the Big 12. There's been a lot of questions going back to, what, 2010 when we were wondering what the heck's going on. I've always felt like if you had to make this decision, and I don't like making this decision, but if you had to make the decision of where's the weakness in college athletics, which conference really is weak when it comes to the television dollars that drive us, football and then basketball, the interest level in their sport, time zone, all those kind of things, that the Big 12 was always way more solid to me than the Pac-12. If you wanted to ask who's the weakest, I've always thought it's the Pac-12, and now it's kind of come out to play out that way. So it's nice to see the Big 12 uh, get a television contract in place, Toby, have enough teams and enough solid teams that make a lot of sense. I don't know why we wouldn't be considered – the third best conference in the country. You, you're not always trying for third, but in this case, where the SEC and the Big Ten are in the money and, and where they are, obviously they're first and second there, but it's good to be the third, and we still have to see what's going to happen with the ACC. They've got problems with the contract that they have through 35-36.
they don't like where they are. Florida State's obviously the biggest voice right now saying we need to do something different. But that conference may decide there are some changes that need to be made, and that may add to the Big Ten, the SEC, and now I think the Big 12. So it's a very good situation. Excited about the 16 teams that are going to be a part of it. And so the Big 12 ended up, what, after 15 years of this or whatever, it seems like they are in a very solid position going forward. Let's talk about Kansas State's football team this year, the defending Big 12 champions. There's a lot to like about who's coming back, but I think the biggest question is how to replace who left, most notably Deuce Vaughn. Uh, who's going to tote the rock and who's going to replace all the production that Deuce had for you guys? Well, it's a great question because Deuce Vaughn is, is such a fantastic player. I'm excited for his ability to be a part of the Dallas Cowboys. He grew up loving them, and his dad's a member of the Dallas Cowboys staff. So it's great to see Deuce move on and be successful as a pro. I think he will be. And K-State does have some question marks about how they're going to backfill what he did. One of the ways, Toby, is really to start with the offensive line. Five starters that were there last year, and Taylor Portier, who started the first game and then got hurt, is back. You really have six starting offensive linemen coming back uh, with a COVID year, had some of those guys move on. Cooper Beebe. Uh, he decided to come back. His little brother is going to be a part of the K-State team this fall, so he's excited to play with his brother. That offensive line is going to have to be the place you look for to help that production. You know, block just a little bit better. Everybody move their guy a couple more inches, and you might have some soul, some bigger holes. Deuce Vaughn's unbelievable. K-State won't replace him individually. But with Will Howard at quarterback, he really has the capability to distribute the football in whatever way you want. If you want to go empty and have no running backs back there, he could throw passes all day long, Toby, and throw three- and five-yard routes and complete passes and substitute for the running game. But really, D.J. Giddens is the guy to look to. He averaged 5.8 yards a carry last year. Quietly, if you're not a K-State fan, you may not realize he gained 518 yards, had six touchdowns. Uh, had also a 36-yard reception and three receptions against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl and rushed for 67 yards in addition to what Deuce Vaughn did. So, you know, we're looking at that running back position. You start with D.J. Giddens, no doubt about that. Uh, and then also you look at Treshawn Ward, who played at Florida State. You know a lot about him, played in the last mm -hmm. game against Oklahoma. Right. He's the other running back. Between those two guys, I think that's where the bulk of the carries will go. But I think they're going to substitute a lot with Will Howard throwing the ball a little bit more uh, to make up for some of the running game deficiencies. And it's not a deficiency. I'm comparing it to what they had with Deuce Vaughn. Uh, K-State's running game could be very good with that offensive line, but they can skin the cat many different ways with the variability that Will Howard has. Uh, his capabilities, his understanding of the offense, allow them to go a lot of different directions, whatever the defense gives them the opportunity to take advantage of. Skin the cat. Drake, see what he did there? Wildcats, skin the cat. He's a professional we're dealing with right here, Draker, Stan Weber. Um, what happened for Will Howard last year? What clicked for him? Is it just matur uh, maturation, or did he figure something out? Because, boy, he turned into a great quarterback. Well, the thing that he had all along that was not given enough credit at this time last year, <clears throat> when you and I spoke, we probably didn't talk about Will Howard because Adrian Martinez had transferred in from Nebraska. And right. That's where you had to focus. But when I had a chance to talk about Will Howard, 
Uh, the ability that this kid has is incredible. His mind, his understanding of the game, his size. He's an NFL quarterback looking. He's gone to number 18 now from number 15, and he looks like Peyton Manning. He's so big. Uh, this guy had enough confidence in himself to stick with it and keep grinding. He was the best coach you could imagine when Adrian Martinez came in. Just think about the team attitude he had and the inner confidence that this kid had to say, I'm going to teach Adrian Martinez everything I can to get him to be ready to be the starting quarterback for K-State. So selfless, but so confident. If I'm given a chance, I'm going to be fine. i got a great career before me. That confidence, that team attitude is playing out. Now, what else happened? I think that his ball became a better spiraling football. Uh, he was fairly accurate as a quarterback all along. Remember, he started games in the last two seasons, actually three now, right? He's been around forever, filling in for Skylar Thompson, first of all, who's now a Miami Dolphins quarterback, and then for Adrian Martinez last year. He knew where to throw the football. Generally, it was an accurate throw, even though they protected him and didn't let him pass you know, a, a large amount of times. He would throw the ball, and it would come in, and it would be a little bit of a knuckleball. It would get there, but it would be hard to catch. And it made the receiver you know, really concentrate, and the ball would fly through the air slightly differently. I think he has just found a confidence over the last summer, not this one, but the one before, to just let it rip. Instead of being so mindful of, okay, I'm trying to aim the ball here, aim is not a good word for quarterback. And I think he got away from it. He just said, I'm not going to aim the ball anymore. I'm going to fire it and believe in myself. And that thing started coming out even more accurately with a beautiful spiral. And ever since that's happened, he has become an elite passing quarterback. The coaches realize it and now understand that they can put the ball in his hand as a passer. And as they built confidence in him, it just added to the confidence that he had. That inner confidence is unbelievable. But he throws a good spiral now. He's always understood where to get the football, but he's extremely accurate, and the coaches and players believe in him. Tell me about K-State defensively this year. Felix Andudike, Uzoma, Julius Brent's gone to the NFL what do you see from them on that side of the ball? Yeah, you mentioned some big names, and that doesn't even add to Echo Boydo. Did you hear Echo Boydo was a free agent to the Kansas City Chiefs and was with the starting guys the other day? Now, wow. it's because of some injuries and stuff, but he was running with the starters this weekend at practice before the Kansas City Chiefs. So you, got, you lost two great cornerbacks. You lost a couple of great safeties. Uh, obviously, you talk about Felix and UDK Uzama, first-round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs. Eli Huggins is a guy inside that started for a long time. It was really hard to deal with. So there's been a number of turnover uh, at the positions for K-State's defense that was playing great at the end of last year. Uh, Chris Kleiman is a defensive guru. Joe Klanderman was with him at North Dakota State, then on to K-State. Those two guys have tra traded that 4-3 defense or that 4-2-5 to the 3-3-5. And now after a year or so of running that defense, actually two years, they know it out inside and out. They feel more comfortable making calls, which helps K-State. But what are they going to do? you got to start with Daniel Green. Here's a linebacker who could have graduated, finished his fifth year, decided to come back with that COVID freeze year. So Daniel Green becomes a big part of this defense at the middle linebacker position. Last year he was battling injuries. He did fine, but he didn't dominate to the full level because he was hurt and not practicing very much. That's where K-State starts. Khalid Duke is a very elite pass rusher. He's played linebacker. He's played defensive end. He's going to go back and play defensive end all the time. And then K-State's got some pretty good defensive linemen on the outside, a guy like Nate Matlack, Brendan Mott. They feel like with Khalid Duke, they'll still be able to rush the passer. 
One of the big questions is how are they going to do against the running game? Eli Huggins took up two blockers every play. He was a warrior out there and really knew what he needed to do with angles. And now Usei Seomala, uh, this kid is a giant. He's like two people in one. You know, does he weigh 320? Does he weigh 360? Wait till you see him run out there. Uh, <laughs> he looks like he is two people. So I don't know if he can have the What's experience to play great. Uso Seomalu. Okay. He is. He, he didn't play that much last year, but when he was in there, he was a factor. Now, they didn't want to take Eli Huggins out of the game, right? That makes all the sense in the world. Sure. But this is a guy who physically has an imposing capability to make a big difference on the inside. So you're going to be counting on guys to step it on up. Uh, linebacker, they'll be fine with what they've got out there because Daniel Green is so good. Austin Moore is such a solid player. The linebackers are really good. The defensive line has got to reestablish itself without Felix and UDK Uzama. The cornerbacks without Julius Brent and Echo Boydo doing great in NFL camps right now. And a couple of the guys at safety positions. That's going to be the question mark. How fast do those guys come along? But K-State's turned over their safety position each of the last two years. And I just joke with the transfer portal, guys stepping on up. Uh, it's amazing. Chris Kleiman is a safety when he played at Northern Iowa. He loves helping coach the safeties. Joe Klanerman is responsible for the safeties. They did an amazing job of getting those guys up to speed. Each of the last two years we went into the season, this will be season number three in a row where you say, boy, I wonder what these new safeties are going to be like. And I'm starting to get just a level of confidence to go, oh, I'd better not worry about it because uh, they somehow are able to get these guys up to speed very, very well, and I would expect it to happen again. But that's an area to look at, the whole secondary, uh, a lot of turnover for K-State. Boy, what a time to be uh, a Wildcat right now, huh? The reigning Big 12 champs in football, Elite Eight in basketball. You guys are cooking up there. It really is an exciting time. And uh, Gene Taylor, the athletic director for K-State, has done an amazing job. I've always said uh, the world's pretty simple for me, Toby. The athletic director's main job is hire the right football coach and the right men's basketball coach. If you do that, it's hard to stop the money from flowing in. Okay, you want to build facilities or get better uh, things for your athletes. You can usually do that as long as you win. And he has done just an amazing job. Chris Kleiman fits the culture of K-State. He doesn't try to be Bill Snyder. He's himself, just like he was at North Dakota State. But it's a lot like Bill Snyder. You know, win the dang day was his first thing that he said that K-State fans jumped onto. He's already in his fifth year at K-State. This is his program, his recruits. And he is just a perfect fit as a football coach, used to winning national championships at North Dakota State. So when his team's considered a favorite, it's not a big deal to him. He feels very comfortable. And then Jerome Tang, taking him off the Baylor staff where he'd been with Scott Drew for almost 20 years and bringing him to Manhattan and seeing what he can do and how he leads the the student-athletes, what he does to provide for the university and the enthusiasm there is just incredible. So Gene Taylor's done a fantastic job of hiring those two positions. So you're right, uh, very exciting as we go into 23-24. After finishing what might be, you know, it's great debate, was that the greatest athletic season that K-State has ever had? It is definitely in the debate, along with the 2012 team that won the Big 12 in football, 2012-13 basketball tied for the Big 12 championship, and baseball won the championship as well. Uh, good argument between those two years, which is the greatest ever, but with uh, the modern side of it, it's great to look into the next season and to see that the Big 12 solidified. 
we have this weird transition year with 14 teams. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, but the coaches at K-State are really on fire right now, and the fans are so excited. I mean, the tickets are just flying off the table. Uh, season ticket sales are the maximum they can be in both football and basketball. Can they win it again? Uh, they have a chance to do that. There's no doubt about it. You know, how much do you believe in Texas? I'm sure your audience has fun saying we don't believe in Texas. Not at all. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I mean, they're the favorite, right? Uh, voted as the favorite going into this 14 team conference. K State was second. You don't have to be a part of the top two to get in the game. K State's got a real chance to get there. I think the competition is going to be high. You know, what's different about this year than the last 10 or so, Toby, is there's much uh, schedule driven factors here. Yeah. We didn't have that for a while. You, you, yeah. you might have home and away or five and four. Oklahoma didn't and Texas didn't. They always had four at home, four away in the neutral site game in Dallas. I get that. But this year, you really got to go down to schedule and start looking at it and seeing, is there a team that picks up an advantage uh, with who they play and who they don't play, those kind of things. So that curveball kind of changes the mindset a little bit. I think on a football field and the belief in the system, and again, Chris Kleiman is not – having any problem being the favorite at North Dakota state. It was like he was Alabama. They had to win every game. They had to win a national championship or it was a failure. He's been around this. And I think that's a big factor. Oklahoma's been through it time and time and time again, where you're the favorites and it isn't easy when that happens. Complacency could be a part of it, but it doesn't happen at OU. You guys get after it every year. I think K-State has the capability to do that. So yeah, they got a real chance to be a part of it. And my wild card team, this sounds crazy, doesn't, talking to you, Toby, uh, I look at Oklahoma's schedule and I look up and down and go, that game in Dallas uh, means a lot every year. But other than that, there is a big chance for the Sooners to just run a big win after win after win after win streak uh, throughout the conference. They don't play uh, K-State. They don't play Baylor. And a lot of people believe in Texas Tech. You also don't have them on your schedule. So I think Oklahoma is someone you always got to believe in and, and be ready for. You've been the elite of the conference for a long, long time in football. And this year with the schedule the way it is, I don't see why you guys aren't going to pick up the momentum and be around. And we don't play in a regular season. How about we yeah. play one more time, Toby? One more time. at Stadium, early December, K-State and Oklahoma. I love every picture I see with those two teams <laughs> uniforms out there on the field. I don't care which one's wearing the white. Uh, it is a beautiful picture. Let's play one more time in December. I'll sign up for that. Yeah, we don't play in football. Hopefully we see in Arlington. If not, uh, it'll be at your place in basketball season uh, this year, the one and only matchup. So, Stan, thanks, man. I took up too much of your time, but we really appreciate it. Have a great year. Please uh, send my best to Wyatt. Okay. Thank you, and thanks, uh for having me on, and good luck this season. Sorry I won't be seeing you in a press box. We'll see you in Arlington. Okay, like let's do it. See you, Stan. Let's do it.